Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, episode 24. I know that I don't know. And that's pretty much the extent of it. So letting go of the idea that I that I do know what goals I should set or, or even that I should set any goals has allowed me to just deepen into my experience here now. And that's impacting so much more than what I would be able to when I was so caught up in where I was going and what it meant about me. Being here for the sake of being here, because I know this is eternity and I know that there's nowhere else to ever go, is freedom, is, is where the impact lies, is where we actually make change, as opposed to the shallow platter where we're served by society telling us that we have impacts here or there every couple of years, you have, you have the ability to impact yourself and all of reality in every single moment here now. So what are you going to do with it? And recognize that it is a hell of a journey to go from the experience of feeling small and alone and isolated to recognizing that you are the experience itself, that you are the foundation of all experience, that everything comes back to you. It really is a long process, or at least it seems so, until you recognize that the experience of time itself changes according to how much you resist that process. But I want you to know, listener, that we really do care. I know from my own perspective, I spent a long time on that road, and I spent a long time alone on that road, feeling like I would always be alone on that road and not knowing where that road went and losing hope and going through different stages of either denying I could do it or convincing myself I could do it or wondering what the hell I was trying to do. Through all of that, I really do empathize with the journey that we're all kind of experiencing. And I, I just want to express that we're so very proud of you. I don't have to know what it is you're going through. I know you're going through life. I know you're going through the experience of division, and I know you're going through the uncertainty that is your existence, because any idea of yourself that you've settled on will never be as satisfying as it promises to be. And that, that's difficult at first to get over until you realize the freedom in it. But that's why we're here. This is what dualistic unity is all about, in all honesty. It's the fact that if there was anything that I... I wish I could have encountered more during my path. It was people having a conversation about that path without trying to convince me to follow them, without trying to take advantage of me because they lost hope in that path. And that's what this is because we care about the path and about you on it. And I may not always be available to talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, but we do try and make the groups as open and available as possible. And we do encourage you to take advantage of them. If you do need to reach out, you are more than welcome to do so through Discord or social media. We can't always respond, but we do try. But if you do participate in our Discord, there are a number of members who will respond, who are happy to have this conversation with you, to remind you, we are all feeling alone on that journey. And in that, we're in that together. So with all of that said, I hope you enjoyed this live stream that is Dual Security Raw, episode 24. Okay, welcome to a special unscheduled edition of dualistic unity raw um, we didn't actually plan on having this episode today but we had to move our schedule around a bit as 
is sometimes necessary. So we're busy on Sunday, so we're doing this today. And we didn't want to miss a chance to talk to our audience. And so, of course, that's why we're here. Um, I, I wanted to say actually really fast that I love that about our current schedule. I love the fact that although we have a set schedule, and you can find it on the website at dualisticunity.com, um, in the group schedule section, there's a page there in the navigation bar. Uh, I love the fact that although that set schedule is there, the rest of what we do in terms of editing, community involvement, promotion, talking to other hosts, stuff like that, it's all really fluid. It's all just as is necessary, as reality kind of dictates. And we do our best to kind of go along with that. And I just find it really interesting that because we discuss a mentality that is very fluid, that does kind of live beyond the 24 hour clock schedule mentality. It's so interesting to me that our reality or that our lives have now started to emulate that. Like we're actually embodying a more fluid way of living day to day as a result of the discussion that we've been having about living more fluid day to day. And I find that really interesting and kind of exciting because it makes you wonder what else is going to happen? Like how much more fluid could your life get? And of course I envision, you know, traveling all over the place, meeting people all over the world who are involved in this discussion, getting us all together, finding ways to really just be this, this moving consciousness across the face of the planet from person to person to person, as we just ripple outward and grow. You can tell by the way, if anybody's wondering that uh, I'm a little bit more in terms of visuals and descriptions today and it's largely just because i just got back from the ophthalmologist and i i have my eyes dilated and so my vision's not what it normally is not that my vision is always terribly good regardless but i'm relying on it less and so there's more happening on the inside in terms of visualization and stuff so this should be an interesting episode yeah i mean i'm excited for it ray ray is uh powering through to say the least so Definitely give give him some props as much as he will not take them. Uh, you can still give them to him, and you know, in the chat, some good job, Ray. As we go, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, the uh, the mentality and the schedule and the just everything about our situation and my life is is interesting because as much as a lot of people, I think, in our position would be kind of stressed. In a lot of ways, you know, you, you quit your job, you start doing things full time and like, well, I have to, I have to get to this point. I need to set this goal and I need to, you know, work. And it's not to say we don't work a ton and, and do all of that, but it's not like this. I don't know. It's, it's a different type of, as Ray was saying, a fluidity to things where there isn't a weight being carried as we're doing everything. Because that holds you back. Like as you're striving and you think there's specifics you need to hit or a place you need to get, it's like it's pulling you in the other direction as much as you, you're you working towards that. And when you're actually just doing it for you know, the sake of doing it and, and kind of feel free in each one, not being weighed down by your own sort of expectations that you're creating along the way, everything's a lot easier. But it can be difficult like especially early on in something like we both are very uh confident in what this is becoming what it's turning into not that we're confident in anything specifically specific about what we think it's going to turn into it's not like we're like oh i i think this is going to happen and and therefore 
that's how it's going to go. And I expect it to be this way. And I, I hope it's this way. It's like, no, we just know it's going and it's, it's almost an inevitability that it's going to grow. And, and it's, uh, we know, we know so because it's, uh, available now, like the, the ability to see it is right in front of our eyes and, and based on what we're doing here and now. And so as much as, I don't know, in our current mentality, societal mentality, it's very common to get really worked up when you're starting something new and kind of worried about things. If you can do all of the same type of work without the worry, without the stress, you're going to have twice the energy to pull from to do everything that you're doing and allow insights to arise along the way. If you're so structured and focused and and set on what things are going to look like, there's no way for those insights and that raw intelligence to arise. So it has to be kind of that balancing act between the two of like working hard, but not striving for anything specific. And, and that's, I think we're doing a pretty good job in my opinion. Um, it makes it a lot more fun along the way. I will say I've lived pretty much my entire life doing things, trying to strive towards a specific thing. And I think it just created a lot of resistance along the way. So yeah, the fluidity is pretty damn cool. And I think the overlap between, you know, work and life, which for me, and I know for you, there isn't much overlap just in terms of what you talk about, what you think about, what you do day to day. It's like, this is what I want to be doing if I had the choice. So it, it, there isn't too much division between the two anymore. And I think that's only going to lead to more fluidity and, and more depth in, in that process of letting go. That's really interesting because yeah, it's funny. I think we underestimate how much change we actually embody and can create in our lifetime. And, and what I mean is that, like you were saying about dualistic unity, we, we just do it because it's an extension of what we are. And, and so we just put in the time that we put into ourselves as it, as it were. And so it's, there's this underlying calm, kind of like uh, Quinn 92. Mike was talking about the other day when he was talking about his music as he wrote it as he was growing up. He's like, you know, whenever I was, whenever I was there, it was just like, this is what I was, what I wanted to do. I could feel myself at home doing that. And so I, I look back at my 20 year journey and I find it really funny because at once upon a time, I used to have a lot of ideas of what I wanted the world to be. And that was a lot of my conflict. And it was because largely, I think I had a very narrow view of how much impact I would have in my life. And as I've gotten older, as I've just continued on, whether there was evidence that it was going anywhere or not, whether there were people who wanted to join me or not, it didn't matter. It was about me and my journey and, and change is cumulative. It is whether you see it's happening or not. And so I find it really funny now that when I see the change that a person, whether it be myself or you or, or any of the listeners right now, when I look at the change of a person in their lifetime, it really is like a ripple. It's not like a beam that's going somewhere straight into the future. It's a ripple because everything you do cascades off of everybody else that you interact with and they're all changing the future too. They're all changing the environment moving forward as well. And that's all because of you as well as that because there's you and them and they're the same thing. It's just you at the end of the day, but the change that you're creating, the future you're creating is nothing like your narrow little view of what it will be. 
it's way different than you could possibly imagine because you are more than you could possibly imagine right now. And so it's, it's really interesting. You almost give up the view of what the best result would be because you recognize that it's going to be whatever it's going to be. And it's probably as a result of it being organic and the result of numerous changes going to be fucking epic compared to the little view that you have of something that would be really cool. You know, because it's it's real. It, it has nothing to do with your concept of what's right or what's best or anything else. It really is just the intention that you put into each and every moment because you can. You're in a group of people and you're, you're sitting there with, I have no problems. Why not uplift everyone? Just because you can. Just because you can. And that creates a ripple. And that ripple cascades forever. It changes everything. And we miss that. We get this weird idea that like we need to see the future in order for it to be fantastic. But the fact is, is just, we just need to be the present. Amen. Yeah. I think, I think that, uh, that idea of the uncertainty of what things will look like in the future is so important to keep in mind. I was actually going back and forth or I just replied to one of my buddies on Twitter. Who's he has a podcast and he was talking about just how we're, we're not going to, uh, what did he say? It was something about how we're we're in like the printing press days of audio and video on social media. Like we're still so early. And so we have no idea what it's even going to look like in 10 years. And so I see that and not only does it fire me up, but it, it kind of pushes against any desires I have to set specific goals because we don't know not only what the environment is going to look like, but what we're going to look like what I'm going to look like. I'm going to, I'm going to be significantly different a year from now than I am right now. And so it almost gets me to a place where I don't even find it worthwhile to, to stop and think about the goals and, you know, what it's going to look like. It's like, okay, I could, you know, step out of this experience that I'm working through things in and, and working on stuff and doing things I enjoy and, and think hard about what it's what it's going to look like in a year. Hmm, where do I want to be? What goals do I want to set? What do I what do I want my life to look like? And that's all like that's all rooted in things that you've already experienced. You already know. You already have thought about. You can only think about things. And this makes me wonder. Um, I know I'm, I'm kind of sidetracking here, but it makes me wonder if uh, you can think about things that you haven't experienced, or if that's where insights arise through the thoughts not veiling them so much, like to actually, to think about something, like think about what you you want your future to look like is going to be rooted in things you've either already experienced or things that you've understood that other people have experienced. And so it's super limited. It's inherently, and it may not seem like, oh, I can think about, you know, anything. It's like, yeah. But it's still going to be based on experiences and perceptions and you know other people's things that you've seen. So any ideas of what you want your life to look like is going to be based on you know those known ideas. And so to me, it's just gotten to a point where I don't see really much use in stepping away from just doing things that I want to do and doing things I enjoy and, and working towards the unknown with eyes wide open in a way, like, like I'm pushing towards it and not necessarily to a, to a point, but like Ray said, like rippling, 
in each and every moment, just doing things enthusiastically, the more enthusiastically you can do things in each moment almost decides how, how big the ripple is going to be. And so, but it's not something you can get to. You can't get to a place where you're making bigger ripples because the ripple happens now. So you can't, you know, like in the idea of lifting weights, you can't get stronger to make a bigger ripple. It can only be through your deepening here and now, like how, how deep the rock drops into the water is how big the ripple is going to be, but you can't think about where it's going to be and like build up all this stuff to like drop it harder in the future. Cause it's only being dropped up and down because it's always now you're not going anywhere else. It's not getting dropped into any other location that isn't here now because it's always where you are. And so it's about deepening into each and every experience that impacts the ripple. And those ripples, as I said, are cumulative. They build on each other. And so the, the focus, the attention will always be best served on what you're doing here now because that deepens that ripple that you're making. And you can't make a ripple in the past or the future. It has to be here now. So you might as well deepen into here now. And that will dictate the strength of your ripple, oddly enough. Focus and attention, right? The more you are paying attention to the moment, the more you are in that moment. That's where things happen. I always find that really interesting. It's like, I want my life to change. Well, where do you think that happens outside of here and now? This is the only place that things change, is here and now. And so if you're waiting, you're missing the point. <laughs> do something different, or think something different, or ask a question you haven't before. It really isn't very difficult. It's just a matter of making the biggest change, which is oddly enough to switch gears from the illusion to, to reality. And we talked about that briefly before, but the biggest change is, is recognizing that the one habit that kind of underlies almost all of your problems is the narrative of you. It's the narrative of who you think you are, what things mean about you, what you can do, what you can't do, what other people have compared to you. It's this whole idea, it's this multifaceted idea that unfortunately gives you the sense of security because at least you know, you know who you are. But on the other hand, it's also what creates the bars of your prison. So your prison is keeping you safe while at the same time stopping you from enjoying freedom. And it really is just that. It's just the idea of you. Because you, you can use the idea of you. You can learn from the idea of you. You can play with the idea of you. But you are never the idea of you. You can't be. It's just an idea. It's the whole point. It changes. You change all the time. And there are numerous different ideas of what you're doing right now. So which one is the truth? None of them. All of them. It's the whole point. They're just, they're just descriptions. They're just singular facets on an infinite diamond that is the here and now. And, and so it's important to keep all that in mind. And I'm, I'm tangent, I'm going on a tangent here specifically because, man, I don't know. It's, uh, it's been a hard week for a lot of people. And I, I know that's, that's like every week there's, there's something hard. I get that. I really do. But I, I've been reached out to by a number of people in the last like two weeks here and, and they're all teetering on the brink wondering why the hell they should keep moving forward. Why not just end it? And I don't know why I, I assume they reach out to me because they know that I have a history 
in that place that I lived there for a long time that I'm open and communicating it and that there that I'm 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 very very certain that there are paths out of that place despite the fact that that place will convince you otherwise and I think that that may that's maybe why people tend to reach out to me but I just wanted to summarize kind of I don't know the insights that I've been passing on in the hopes that maybe it's going to help somebody else going through this um the first you're not going to like, which is that uh, if you're waiting for a cessation of suffering, if you're waiting for the conflict and the challenges to stop, they don't. I, I just need you to know that, that every thought, every doubt, every fear, every challenge, every everything, everything that you're going through that's negative and is adding to your conflict and suffering, that shit never goes away, but it becomes far less important. And I think that's it, is once you stop trying to run from it, you actually find you have the strength to look it right in the face and go, you're not me. And it's really important to do that. But to do that, you need to recognize it's not you. What you're thinking about is not you. The narrative you tell yourself is not you. It is a facet of you, maybe. It's a part of your, of your story, maybe. But it's only one narrative of infinite narratives about how you're doing. You could tell me something that you've been through in your life that added to your trauma and is, is pure evidence that you are going to fail and not make it through. And I will look at that same story and show you how you have learned something that will change the world if you just give it time. So which story is true? Neither of them. The fact is you're just here now as you, as I. And that's always the case. The narrative is optional. There's so many of them. Don't get attached to one just because it all offers you false certainty. Because that's the only thing it offers you is false certainty. Even the idea like I can't carry on. False certainty. You're still here. How many times have you thought you couldn't carry on? You're still here. You've proved yourself wrong so many times, but you don't focus on that because hell will tell you there's nothing else. But I'm telling you from somebody who's been there, who lived there, who ran from it and identified with it and made it my own, it is not all there is. In fact, it's, it's not even the giant monster that it makes itself out to be. There is a state where you can look at all of that stuff and see a golden nugget or a fluffy bunny because there's nothing frightening about it. There's nothing but value that comes from the darkness as long as you just wait it out and get through and stop holding onto it. Stop making it a part of your story because that's what's keeping it around. You're perpetuating your pain by attaching to it. I know that's not easy to hear. I get that that's not easy to hear. It sucks until you stop doing it. So all that said, you know, if, if you're curious about the mentality that, that I live in now, because it's been a long journey, do check out episode one of the Dualistic Unity podcast. Do check out season one, because it really is all about just the shift in perception from the idea of you being reality to you being reality. Amen. Yeah, well said. Um, I think that one, that was one of the biggest shifts for me, the, the recognition or the realization, those feelings are never going to go away and they they're going to be different for everyone the, the feelings that you resist that you think keep you in your suffering whatever it is whether it's apathy anxiety nerves fear anger worry any of them they're all in there 
They always have been and they always will be. So it's not about getting rid of them. It's not, it's not this place, you know, this magical place in the future where you're going to be free of all of them forever. It's about how, how much you can feel them and, and look at them and go through with, you know, wherever you're going anyway, do it despite the feelings, you know, choose to to do something differently choose to you know when you're sulking and suffering and you know in bed for four days straight just making the choice to get out and and go outside or even open up your door and go downstairs you know any of it shifts everything about your reality so but it's not about silencing them it's not about getting rid of them it's not about even about quieting them it's just about doing it so many times going through with whatever you're avoiding or resisting and and just living your life despite it just going on despite it is what it comes down to through that process through that decision to continue on despite all of those feelings that have held you back for so long eventually they have nothing nothing else but to quiet down they don't stay loud forever but it's not something that you're going to actively avoid or suppress or deny or silence cuz it's going to make them fight back even harder so uh with that the uh yeah the i mean the idea the idea of you um we've talked about it many times but i think i don't know something you just said hit a little different because we always, you know, cling to that idea thinking that it's either the idea is, is right or there's some variation that's right. And it's like there are an infinite number of ideas that you could have. It's simply one of them that you've settled on. That's it. There's an infinite number. There are so many ways you can think about yourself, so many different ways. And based on a few experiences, you've built this one or settled upon this one and and you've just kept it that way for a very long time because you keep reinforcing it, you keep doing the same things you keep resisting the way that you feel you keep thinking there's something wrong with you you keep thinking there's something that you have to change so you keep working towards changing it it's like you're running through quicksand trying to change yourself like it, it's a relaxation into the reality that you are what you are you are where you're at you know, what do you want to do with what you have right now? And the doing with what you have, what you already have, relaxing into the reality that you are what you are. That is what makes the change. Because as Ray said, the change happens now. It doesn't happen anywhere else. It does not have you do not change in the future. There is not a point where you begin to change that isn't here now. The only place you've ever changed, the only place you ever will change is here now. Sure, a lot of times people will have so much weight that they feel like there's not even any way they could possibly change, but change isn't that massive idea that you think about. Change is little tiny little tiny shifts, little tiny nudges, little tiny changes in in perspective in perspectives, the decision to, you know, wake up an hour earlier one day or go on a walk when you haven't gone on a walk in in weeks. It's not about, you know, 
becoming someone who eats super clean and goes to the gym seven days a week and runs 10 miles a day. No, that is not, that is the result of I don't know, psychop psychopathy. <laughs> You're doing all that shit, but that's the result of, of years of tiny little shifts, They're just tiny little shifts. And over time that, that picks up steam and then you become comfortable with those that process of shifting, not with any shift specifically, but just the, the habit of doing it. It becomes a habit no differently than not making shifts is a habit right now. How do you start making a habit of shifting? You start shifting little tiny things and they pick up, pick up on themselves. And eventually it gets kind of fun. You get used to it. It gets kind of fun. And you realize that, oh, there are opportunities. There is a way for me to change. It doesn't have to be this massive thing. But then, you know, a couple of years later, you look back and you're like, oh, shit, I'm a lot different than I used to be. But it never felt like that along the way until you, you know, take a second to look back and be like, oh, wow, pat yourself on the back. Damn, made a lot of changes. Fucking incredible. But it starts with the little ones, little tiny shifts. Yeah. And beware the mentality that thinks it's not changing. Because that, again, that goes with hell. Hell convinces you that that's all there is. This is all you're ever going to feel forever. The fact is, is that it's impossible that you're not changing. The only thing you can do is slow the rate of your change by holding on to something. But you are change. The moment is change. Life is change. You are life. There is no separation. Which brings me to our next point that's going to shit all over the suicide parade, or at least it did for me in a very big way. Outside of the first point that, of course, the reason that I wanted to leave this world was because of a fiction that I was holding on to because I didn't want to have faith in myself because I didn't recognize how much I was capable of. So that's the first point. Give yourself a chance to realize how much you're capable of. And that really requires you to let go of your story. Otherwise, all you're going to do, as Andrew said, is return to what you know. And if you're always going back to what you know, then you're never seeing what you can do. You're just seeing what you've done in different variations. And so keep that in mind. Get out of your shell. Give yourself a chance. Stop thinking about yourself to the best degree that you can, or at least recognize that thinking about yourself is just your brain trying to settle on false certainty. It's not actually the truth. Recognize that. And then this point, again, crapped all over my parade. And it ties to our first question because I kind of squinted at the screen and I noticed somebody in the comment section had asked about our thoughts on death. There is no death. There is the death of the idea of you. There is the death of the current form that you are expressed through. And by death, I don't even mean death. There is a change to the current form that you're expressed through. It still goes back to everything else, which is also you. And we've talked about this numerous times. If you're not at times, if you're not familiar with the dualistic unity podcast, go and check it out because this is going to get weird. Otherwise, um, everything in reality is I from plants and animals to humans in varying complexity, you know, even, even your cells experience themselves as themselves. And so with that experience of division from reality, there is always conflict. There's always struggle. There's always a journey of birth to death because that's the journey of duality of the experience of being separate from yourself. And so what I'm trying to say is the hardship that you're going through right now is always there in any form that can 
express that degree of complexity and it can go down the path of having an inner narrative having an inner narrative it's always there you might think other people don't deal with it because they've learned to dance with it a little bit better or because they're too afraid to express it to you but i need you to know there isn't a single living human being that isn't going through the hell of being a human being and so because there's no death you're not going anywhere you're just going to have to do the diaper thing all over again, have your heart broken for the first time, go through puberty, all that fun stuff, just to come back to this point where you still have to deal with the shit. It's always in there. There's no escaping it. It is part of this existence. The pendulum swings both ways. You know, the, the conflict and the alignment go hand in hand. You know, the duality is there all the time because that is existence. You cannot escape it through dying. All you're doing is ending the opportunity that you have to use everything you've learned so far. Because you're, again, you're settling on a story that is never going to be useful, I'm telling you, you don't know how useful and capable you are, because you're still going through the shit. Give yourself a chance to get out of it. And then you will recognize exactly how many skills you have and exactly how many people will look at you and go, oh, wow, you're not afraid of this. And you'll go, well, I was. And then I went through hell. And now I'm not anymore. And that's the lesson. But you can't get there if you give up. And what's worse is that you're again, you're giving up everything that you've learned up until now. And I'm not saying it all seems worthwhile right now. I get that. I, I understand everything you're like, right, but you know, what do I want all this crap for? I understand right now it seems useless and painful and you just want it to go away. What I'm saying to you is that there's always that for everyone to some degree, regardless of their situation. And I mean this, I've worked with a lot of very wealthy clients. They stay up at night wondering whether or not they should continue living. They're still suicidal. I've worked with people in poverty who have a greater level of happiness than some of the rich people I've worked with. Just try and keep that in mind. It's really not about your situation. It's about what you can do with it. And I'm specifically talking to adults here. I'm not talking to children. Children are different because they don't have the capacity to know the world that they're, that they're living in. They're still learning all that stuff. They don't have the skills and the tools to be able to take on the responsibility that I'm talking about right now. So everything that you went through as a child, that's not the same as what I'm saying. What I'm saying is here, now, today, today, you have a choice. You can let all that shit tear you down or you can use it. And, and that's really all it is. That's all it is. It does not have to define you. It can actually bolster you. It can strengthen you. It can teach you. And it can set you free. As long as you remember the one most important thing, you're still here. And being here, you have the opportunity to shift the environment that sort of led to that hell that you're existing within to whatever degree that you are and you have the opportunity to utilize all of those things that you've been through all of the experiences that you you've had from the highest highs to the lowest lows to impact reality because you can't impact reality from anywhere other than you know where you're at right now like that's what shifts it you have the capacity the power the ability to shift all of reality 
in every single moment. Don't discount that. You have an opportunity in every moment. It doesn't just have to be this ho-hum sort of day-to-day, moment-to-moment thing. Like Everything you do echoes in eternity. All of the actions that you take, all of the words that you say, all of the the relationships that you that you have every single interaction from the from the thing that you feel like doesn't do anything you know the the tiniest little reaction little interaction that you have throughout the day has that impact so you know don't discount that and you can't do it if you're not here and you know as as ray said there's there's nowhere else to go there's there's nowhere else to go as as uh interesting i i know it's right i already said this but like it's not gonna make sense if if you haven't listened to much of the podcast or you know not that you have to listen to the podcast for that to make sense but probably won't if if uh you haven't at least done some you know uh quite a bit of reflecting yourself but there's nowhere to go that isn't here ever there's no future to get to there's no past to run back to like this is where it all happens right here right now everything about your life changes here now always and it's just how how willing are you to al- allow it to like how much do you not want it to i guess that's what a lot of it comes down to is that the changing is the is the constant the changing is always what's happening and so as you cling to the stories like you always have the opportunity to change as you let go and so we we create the lack of change in our life we don't even have to create the change how fucking funny is that you don't even actually have to actively change your life fuck <laughs> cuz it's always it's always happening so as you allow allow it to happen let go of the the idea of you let go of clinging to it so tightly and bringing it into every interaction and thinking that it means everything about you as that gets a little less heavy changes all that ever happens to you and it's us that resist it it's us that cling to the stories cling to the past cling to the the things that give us that fucking false sense of certainty. That's what the clinging is. Yeah. Damn. These are all, I mean, these are all things we've talked about all the time, but yeah, what you were just saying, is just hitting, <laughs> hitting even more now. Like the change is not the thing that happens. The lack of change is what we do. <laughs> we, we cause the lack of change. That's all we ever do. Cause without that, all that's ever happening is change. So as we cling to the stories, as as our life feels like it's not changing, that's just our perception, number one. But it's also because we're clinging to stories that are keeping us in that place. Otherwise, you know, life have its life has its own beat. And as you tap into that, start riding, it becomes it literally becomes like a fucking amusement park ride. And you're just like, damn, wow. This is this is kind of wild. And, and yeah, there's dips, there's highs, there's lows still. Absolutely. But without the resistance, you, you just keep riding it. And you know that, you know, the lows 
bring highs and the highs bring lows and up and down all around you go. <laughs> and uh, if you're letting go of how tightly you're clinging to everything, just look around and, and kind of enjoy it as it passes through you and you pass through it. And, you know, you deepen into your experience here now and just see how far that fucking depth goes. And in order to do that, you have to face what you're afraid of. And that's really what gets us in the end, I think, is the fact that Andrew's uh, expression that he's often used is, you know, what you resist persists. What you're afraid of becomes your whole goddamn reality. Uh, I was talking to somebody recently who was expressing to me that they're afraid of going to sleep because when they sleep, they have terrible dreams of doing terrible things to other people or terrible things being done to themselves. And I expressed, oh yeah, I get those. And these, and these, and these are pretty bad. And I don't run from them. They don't scare me. I don't judge myself for having them. And because of that, they go by pretty quick. But if you're holding on to it, if you think those dreams mean something about you, if you are afraid of having them, if you're afraid of experiencing them when you're in them, if you are judging them in any way, shape, or form, you are judging yourself. And so you will have them more. That's unfortunately the case. Same with fear of judgment. The more you're afraid of judgment, the more judgment you're going to see. Because your fear and your resistance go hand in hand. And if you were to look at yourself as being in a river, that resistance is like you putting up a wall. And you're fighting the whole goddamn river. And the size of that wall is based on how afraid of the river you are. Because the river isn't just calm and pleasant. It's also white water and choppy. And it's really important to remember that. You're going to have thoughts that you're not going to enjoy. You're going to have dreams that are going to scare you. The point is to remember they're not you. It's just an experience you had. It's like any other experience. You don't have to be afraid. Have faith in yourself. And I understand that that's not easy when you're used to thinking about yourself, but I need you to understand you've never actually tried to have faith in yourself if you think you're an idea. You've only ever tried to have faith in that idea. And that's why it's failed you. Having faith in yourself is letting go of the idea over and over and over again, regardless of how it turns out. So it doesn't work out. So you make a quote unquote mistake. There are no mistakes that don't inevitably lead to some success. You can't have success without quote unquote mistakes. So they're just steps to success. They're even steps of success. They just don't feel that way because you're telling yourself a story that you're a failure and you never have been until you hold on to that story and resist the flow. And then that's all you'll experience because you're not letting it change. Absolutely. Yeah. It's almost like, <clears throat> like I've always thought of the analogy of the river and being in the river, but it's like being a drop in the river, afraid of the river. Like you feel like you're getting thrown around and you don't realize that you're the whole fucking thing. Like how, how funny is that to be a drop in the river, afraid of, of the river, not realizing that any rocks that you hit 
you, you eventually go around them. Maybe, maybe you get caught up on the, a little pool on the rock at some point, the tide goes down, you're stuck on the rock for a while and you're like, Holy fucking shit. This is never going to end. And then the tide rises and you keep going <clears throat> inevitably. <clears throat> Sorry, inevitably. And so recognizing that is, I mean, one of the, one of the biggest keys you ever could, because we're literally all all drops in the river thinking that we're just drops. We're not realizing that there is there is a larger, deeper thing at play that we're actively veiling ourselves from that we are and where we're avoiding at all costs. Like we're doing everything we can to avoid that recognition, to avoid the reality that you're a drop in the river and therefore the river. Like you look at a river. You don't see separate drops. It's just the river. And yet we have this perception that we are, you know, just the drops and that we have to do things to become something. I think we have to become a bigger drop. It's like you're the whole river. You have this perception of a small drop, but there's no individual drops in a river. They just perceive division. It, they make it up just like we're making it up. Yeah. Feel, I mean, you know, for us, it feels very real, it feels super real to be divided. And everyone's telling us that we are. Everyone's telling us that we have to become something. We got to work hard and, and grind and, and be something for the world and become something and improve ourselves. Imagine a drop of water in the river telling another drop. It's got to become more. <laughs> got to go, go help out, you know, society. Society being this conglomerate of of drops on sort of on the side of the river in a little puddle. They're like marching around like, yes, structure, control, division. Uh, and then all the other ones in the river are like, what the fuck are those guys doing over there? That looks insane. They just don't look like they're having a good time. That's our society. A bunch of drops thinking they're just drops, thinking they have to become more in order to, you know, overtake the river because and, and like being being the river the whole time it's it's just fascinating how much we perpetuate that mentality that just keeps us in our suffering like as soon as you perceive that division as soon as you see other as soon as you think your value is based off of you know how big of a drop you become you're going to see all the other drops and and judge yourself relative to them See how you're stacking up because there's no objective big drop. It's all just relative. How do I stack up compared to the biggest drop? Like, well, you're the biggest drop in that you're the river. So if that's your comparison, then how do you do that? You relax into what you're always doing. You recognize that you've always been, you know, the quote unquote biggest drop. There couldn't possibly be a drop bigger than all of them always forever with no bounds, right? Recognize the whole river from, you know, the ones, the, the ones that you'll get to quote unquote, get to in the future down river, the ones in the past, you know, up river, all those incarnations of reality that you've always been in the past and will be in the future. Like they're all you too. And so it just comes down to that perception, but, and it's a, it's a good fucking illusion that we've settled into. It's fucking, it's fascinating how good it is. It's really, 
like marvelous, like in that you marvel at it. It's it's in, in, insane. Like it's so wild. Absolutely so wild. perfect. It's absolutely yeah. perfect. Is it? It's as real as possible. And that's, and that's just fine. Because again, it's, it's just understanding, but we've just had, we've never had anybody around us to have this conversation largely, you know, it's been like, believe in God, believe in this, believe in that belief, 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 belief. And so we're having this conversation. And I think somebody actually asked like, right, but how do I believe that? Don't, I don't, I don't want you to believe anything about yourself or anything about the world, or anything about death, or life, or the universe, or anything. And what I'm saying to you is that if you practice that enough, where you just embrace the uncertainty of never being sure, inevitably, what you will come to is the foundation of your existence, which is reality itself. And that's where who you are becomes, as Andrew has said, obvious. It becomes self-evident, but it doesn't become self-evident until you embrace the uncertainty, until you embrace that none of the concepts that you'll ever come up to will ever be the truth. Then all of a sudden you can experience reality without the concepts. You can actually feel the difference between the conceptual world and what is. It's in that experience that you start to see your freedom. It's not about belief. It's not about trying to be something. It's not about trying to get somewhere. It's about leaving all of that behind. And as we were just saying, allowing change to happen because you may not recognize it because of the story that you tell yourself, but you are a change machine. It's kind of funny when you think about how I just said that because I could ask you to break a five for me. But the fact is, is that you were actually built as change for change. That's all it is. That's what you are. Your body's constantly changing. You're constantly changing. You are part of reality that is constantly changing. Change is happening all the time. Your brain is the most advanced computer ever. And it's always processing information, regardless of the narrow stream of thought that you might be looking at. There are infinite other streams of processes that are happening that you're not paying attention to. And so you tell yourself, I'm just this narrow stream, but you're not, you're not, you're actually learning things all the time. Children before five years old are learning faster than any other period in their life. Why do you think that is? Because they have no sense of identity. So everything is just info coming in all the time. And you still have that capacity. Your intelligence has nothing to do with the story you tell yourself nothing if anything it's very much the opposite it's the it's being in the present without that narrative that allows you to pay attention and focus on what you're doing and that's when your intelligence expresses itself so it really is just giving yourself time and every time your brain goes you're this go am i and just keep doing that until one day you stop listening to all the crap your brain is telling you and you look around and go Oh, I'm all this. And it's not a concept. Almost becomes like a game every time it comes up. You're like, eh, but I'm not that either. But I'm not that either. And you keep you keep going because there's nothing in that recognition that you're change, that you are change. There, there isn't so much, as much as we keep 
doing things, there isn't the, the weight of feeling like you have to, like there isn't the, the should, I guess a lot of it is what it comes down to that fucking should. Oh man. I've a real gripe with that word. It's uh, I feel like that's been, I don't know, big part of my life for a very long time. And I'm finally like, Oh shit, I don't have to do that anymore. All right, cool. <laughs> but, um, through that, like, under because that's a fundamental understanding that I don't think a lot of people recognize is that they are change. That that we have these narratives and ideas in our society that we have to do the be the ones that do it, you know, from from ourselves to all of the rest of society. We don't have the faith in reality to shift with us. It's like we have to go outside of outside of ourselves to change it. It's like, we have to, I I'm going to keep going back to the drop in the river analogy. I'm probably going to just use it all episode where we gotta, we feel like we gotta like hop out of the river and like patrol and, and peruse and like overlook the situation of the river. Be like, mm, I don't like that part of the flow over there. I'm going to go change it. And it jumps in and just gets swept away by the river. Like the audacity we have to think that we can actually have impact on a thing that's us that we don't recognize it's us like that's oh god i mean we've talked about this a bunch too but like until the drops recognize that they're the river shut the fuck up shut the fuck up like you're trying to change what you are not realizing that it's you like how could we possibly come up with ways to shift our society when we don't recognize that we're it. Like we don't even recognize not only that we're not the world or that we are the world that we, or we don't recognize that we are the world. We don't even recognize that we are society. We think of ourselves as something separate from society. Oh, society has to change as you continue going on, doing all the same bullshit that you always have perpetuating all of the same division that you always have continuing to inflict and experience suffering in so many different ways, all the psychological suffering through perpetuating the idea of yourself, clinging to it, bringing it into every single moment. So we haven't even been able to recognize that we're the society that we're trying to change, let alone the world, let alone the universe, let alone reality. So until those drops in the river recognize they're the river, just focus on yourself. Like, let go of that work on that whatever it may be not that you have to change it but just stop trying to change all the other fucking drops until you realize that you're the river if you don't recognize that you're the river if you don't recognize that you're reality how like we're we're working against ourselves so hard like so hard against ourselves and we wonder why shit just keeps getting worse cuz we're trying to change what we are not realizing that we're it. God damn, that's crazy. That's like such madness. I don't know why I'm realizing all this stuff today, <laughs> but oh yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you for yeah. sure. But it's important to remember, like, it's kind of like the view that uh, you know humans are working against nature. No, humans are nature. We're just working in a way that nature's never done before. And so there's this gross contradiction. And the same is true for those of us that are like resisting the river 
not recognizing where the river, fighting against the river, pushing upstream against that goddamn river. What's happening there? Well, the river's changing. We're changing direction as a result of all that friction and all that movement and everything else. And so we're becoming a, a totally new river, which is exciting, right? That's the whole point. It's very exciting when you see it that way and you have to almost empathize to some degree with the drops that are in resistance because it's just possible that they must be for the river to change. That doesn't necessarily mean they always will be. Right. That's a big part of this conversation. If this conversation is not us as a river rounding a bend, creating a new pathway, as it were, to reduce the friction that we're all experiencing and the conflict that the river's going through, then I don't know what it is because that's exactly what we're doing here. We're just like, oh, let's create a little offshoot stream to the left here because this is all dammed up with shit. And so those of us that are willing to grow are continuing to do, the, do so. And those of us who have defined themselves by resisting the flow suddenly don't feel that resistance because we're not fighting them. We're not judging them. We're just moving around them. And they're going, where are you going? And we're going, we're going this way. And they're like, you can go that way? We're like, you can. It's different than what you've been doing, right? Stop pushing straight upstream and just turn to the right a little, right? Or to the left, wherever the river's going, and you'll find that ability to flow again, maybe. But it's hard to do that when you're pushing up against the river. You don't want to surrender because you feel afraid, right? Well, what if all of a sudden you just have another option? which is, you know, to see the river, to recognize another way to align with it, to have another choice to stop fighting. And that's pretty much every moment, as long as we have the opportunity. And that's about the people we talk to and the environment we're in and the environment that we're a part of. And like you said, you know, there is no society. There is no they. It's just you. It really is. And it's just how massive you are as you change, it's really important to just recognize that, that just as, and it's kind of funny because like, so I, I'm in my forties now and I look back at my life and I look back at all of the different iterations of me that I've been, all the different life situations, all the different times I've had to basically start over, all the different times I've moved and had a new job and become a new person as it were, and, and, and so on and so forth. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of change for one lifetime. And I'm just looking at myself as this, this singular collection of cells. And that's the point, right? Like we're all changing all the time. This is all one large shift in mentality. It's just that you're so used to looking at yourself as your body. You don't recognize that we're all your body. We are all your mind changing. And in order for that to happen, there has to be a certain degree of conflict and self-reflection and some avoidance and some addiction and all that fun stuff. But we learn from it. And we have the opportunity to change when we recognize and take responsibility that we're all in this together, essentially. That's really it. Just allowing change to happen, having faith in yourself. But that means having faith in everyone else, regardless if they're self-destructive. Yeah, the, the shift in, uh, what would you say earlier this week? What day is it even? Friday <laughs> or probably earlier this week um, about not allowing or, or recognizing that your flesh goes beyond just the idea of where you think your flesh ends. Like that imagery has been hitting different for me, but with the, uh, I'll get to that, but with the, uh, river and, and a different pathway, I don't know if you can see this on my, on my notes, but that it's like, uh, hitting up on the wall of identity and then DU, oh, it might be reversed, but DU is like 
I just oh, want we to don't know have... that's that's what I saw in my head. So well done. Okay, nice, awesome. Yeah, I mean it. You know, came through my hand. Same insight. You know, um, but that's how I was picturing. It was like a dam of identity. Like, oh, it has to be this. This has to be what I am. And it's like this conversation is just. Oh wait, you know that's how yeah like, that's how a fucking river goes. It finds it inevitably finds the crevice. Like a river flows wherever it goes, as long as you know if it's downstream until it's no longer going downhill, it always finds the way down. Always, like there's no wall that could stop a river if it's just a wall. Like it's gonna inevitably go around it, and we've just been so clinging so tightly to that false certainty of identity that we've just been bashing up against the wall. It's like, Oh, we can, we can continue to flow. We can, we can keep going. Like that's gonna, that's gonna change everything. But the, so the, the shift as well, you know, along with, you know, recognizing you're the river, but also just that your, your flesh goes beyond just the idea of where you think your flesh ends and seeing that, that everything you do, like, it's not about denying that you are this iteration. It's just the limitation and the idea that it's all that you are. It's like everything that you see, everything you interact with is also you, that you have the ability to shift. Just like, you know, your fingernails start getting a little bit long. You can clip them. That's shifting yourself. Just like smiling to another iteration of yourself on the street shifts yourself. It changes that reality. And when you start to see yourself as all of that, that your flesh goes beyond just your idea of where you think it ends at the edge of, you know, quote unquote, your skin, everything gets way more interesting. Like you see that the impacts aren't just on you. You don't have to do everything just for you. Everything you do is rippling throughout yourself and it's all impacting yourself. Only you don't have the entire weight of all of that fucking identity anymore weighing you down from the ability to have any desire to go out and have any impact on yourself because you're so caught up in thinking in the illusion that you're just this that you're just this little incarnation as that goes as that drops as that becomes less powerful like you're going to have significantly more energy to go out and have an impact on yourself and as you have more impacts on yourself you're not thinking about yourself so much there's less weight and it kind of reinforces itself. You have impacts on yourself, recognizing that it's all you less weight that you're holding less weight that you're holding, the more impacts that you have, the more impacts that you want to have. It's no longer this very limited desire. It's no longer the goals just for yourself, you know, big house, nice car, whatever, like a billion dollars in your bank account. As, as the idea goes, so does the weight, and so does all of the desires that kind of keep you suffering, because then you strive for that, and you maybe don't get there, and then you feel worse about yourself. And then you look at you know the other iteration of you that has another extra zero in their bank account, and you compare, and it's like, no, that's that's you too. You know, what, what do you think makes you better? You can't even spend all that money in your lifetime anyway. Like, why the fuck are you cling to it so much? You know, there's a bunch of people starving over, over there. You know, that's you too. They're all, they're all dying. So we've, we've just gotten so far from, from that, 
like so lost in the dream that we're we're now carrying this made up weight also this imaginary weight that feels so real that it's actually weighing us down it actually causes more wrinkles on our face like it actually has impact because it's all impacting because you know they're as real as this too sort of in a way they certainly impact it they impact you and and your experience here but it doesn't mean it's as real as you think you don't have to keep keeping it around you're the one doing it and you know you're the only one who can let it go It's funny you were talking about how we there's a different way to live there's a different way that we can change this planet or society moving forward and i i immediately again hear cries of communism and and i find it so funny i was listening to a video earlier with uh ben shapiro and uh he's an interesting chap for sure it's not that he's he's not intelligent by any means it's very much that he's just super caught up in self-validation you'll notice that every time ben shapiro has a point he's very derisive about anybody who might disagree with that point and it's very much validating how he perceives the world so his view of communism for example is you know anybody who says communism is a good thing is obviously living in a capitalistic society and talking about communism because if you go to communist countries they're all very poor and, and the quality of life sucks and it's like right okay that's that that's not necessarily a terrible point but you also have to look at those communist countries and the government and so on and so forth like communism itself isn't necessarily purely practiced in terms of the concept that it was originally supposed to be it's still under governmental influence it's still very much under control of the, the ego and so therefore it's not really a fair society is it which was kind of the point and so he'll always point at you know communist countries being failures it's like right but they're still all driven by ego and his whole point is like, oh, everybody just wants to challenge the system, despite how successful it's been, despite how much it's created, despite how things, how good things are. It's like how successful it is. We have wars every day. You know, like they just moved the doomsday clock to 90 seconds to midnight. And it's the first time they've moved it up in like three years or something like that. It was Wait, I, what, it, what is that? The doomsday clock. Have you never heard of the doomsday clock? Oh, God, the doomsday clock was created years ago. It's this symbolic thing that basically a bunch of nuclear scientists created after the invention of nuclear war to indicate how close we are to nuclear Armageddon. And so the closer to midnight it gets, the, close, the more it's supposed to symbolize that they're telling us things are really bad. We might actually do this anytime now. And so at the moment, we're 90 seconds to midnight. So, so like how symbolic is that like they're what, saying what, like we're on the precipice of nuclear war because of everything going on in ukraine in saudi arabia what's happening in china india's current response to the united states a bunch of other shit the entire dynamic of the world is changing and there's still fucking thirty thousand nuclear warheads out there so that's that's the uh that's the successful empire that ben shapiro is touting look how well we're doing right and it's just because he's doing well He's doing very well. He's sold a number of books. He gets paid very well to go and speak at places. And, and he has a lot of people who will validate his point of view. So he's doing great. Kind of makes you wonder if he knows anybody who's actually suffering. 
right? Has any actual direct connection to anyone who's on the shit end of the stick when it comes to this society. People in poverty, for example, people who people who are being oppressed because of the lobbying of corporations against government, because that's happening everywhere. But you know, this is a successful empire. And the only alternative is that evil communism. And it's such a bullshit, simplified argument at the end of the day, because there are so many other options like us evolving, growing up and not being so fucking egotistical. But if we're looking to our leaders, quote unquote, to guide us and towards that change, we're going to wait a very long time because there are our leaders, which requires their ego. See the, see the problem there, right? Global governance, leaders of more and more people. It's a big ego to even want to take that on. Nobody sane would want to take that on. Because one person, one person should not have sway over hundreds of millions of other lives. They just shouldn't, right? This is why small localized governments. That works. Communication, we can do it. The internet's there. It's not like we don't have options in terms of creating a different world. It's just that those who are currently in power and benefiting from this world will tell you any other option is a shit show. It won't work. It's never worked. Look at all that. That's all failures, despite the fact that we've been politically hamstringing all of those countries for years. Yeah, it fascinates me how much we just settle upon what we know. Like all we do is look at the way things are, the way things have happened. We're like, oh, this must be, this must be the peak. This must be the best that we can do. Like we always rely on the known, on what we've seen and experienced and and done. It's like communism could never work because it hasn't worked. And it's been tried, you know, less than a handful of times by large countries. Like, it hasn't been tried that many times just because it's failed. Like, correlation doesn't equal causation just because it was run within. Like, that's the thing, too, is everything's been run within the same mentality. The perception of division, the idea that you are what you think you are. So they're all going to be fucked up. And it's like, what, we're just going to settle upon the least fucked up? We're just going to pick our poison and leave it at that. And, and even the idea like with history, there's been more discussion, you know, Graham Hancock looking back on things, recognizing like, oh, you know, there's been humans around for a lot longer and probably significantly more advanced than we are now. But we have this idea that this is the most advanced that we've ever been because, you know, what do you mean? We're, we're in the year 2023, like fucking dumbest shit ever also but um we get caught up on thinking like most people i know think that this is definitely the most advanced that we've ever been and so we think that everything we do has a sort of like i don't know gold plate on it like everything we're doing right now is as good as it could be like you don't think we could do better but then we get caught up in the idea of better being you know, a clearer camera on your iPhone. Like that's our idea of better. That's the extent of our, our improvements that we're making in society, not recognizing that, you know, we're caught in a dream thinking that it's real. And we all think that it's real. Like we're not willing because 
once we get to a certain point, we're comfortable enough to stop questioning. And so the ones who can do things about it, the ones who aren't so caught up in working through the mud in their, in their shit lot in life, once we get out of that, we're like, oh, all right, things are fine. Yeah, I'm just going to keep living my life because I'm, I'm comfortable now and I have lots of money. And that's, that's the extent of how it goes. Like as soon as we're out of the shit, like, oh, all right. And we see it in many different types of things. As soon as we're out of the shit, we don't want to look back at it. We start just thinking about ourselves and just kind of being selfish again. It's fascinating because that's all we think we are. We don't see the impacts that can be made. And especially if we feel like, you know, we're the ones who got ourselves out of the shit and we take that sort of egotistical pride in doing so or coming from, you know, a, a lower class family and working our way up and now having, you know, a billion dollars. It's like you have this idea that everyone can now do that. And anyone who doesn't, it's just not working hard enough. And you're so caught up in the idea of yourself that you can't see the impacts that you could possibly make on everything else. You don't recognize that you can actually shift all of it, all of reality, all of society, because we're so caught up in me and the idea of me, the little limited thing that has such limited potential. But because we settle upon that, we think that you know, having a bunch of money in a big house is the extent of our human potential because we cling to that. Cause that's, that is kind of the extent of, of identity based stuff. It's just in comparison. So it's just what everyone collectively has settled upon for their idea of success. And then just compare it to everyone else. Oh, I have more than everyone else. All right. Guess I'm successful. And that's totally arbitrary. Like the idea of success is completely made up by us. It's not objective truth. It's not like written into the fabric of reality that, oh yeah, that that's it. Like we didn't even have houses the way that we do right now back you know, a couple hundred years ago. But yeah, we just settle upon all of these things that we made up, perpetuates our suffering and reinforces division and keeps us in the dream. Keeps us keeps us dreaming, not recognizing that it is a dream, not recognizing that, you know, this may not be as real as we think, oh, there may be another way that society can go. But we don't even want to look at that. No, well, we wouldn't, right? Like you were saying that a lot of people think this is the, the most advanced we've ever been because they have to. Do you have any idea how much that would tear us down? To recognize that you know twenty thousand years ago we were more advanced than we are right now, that that kind of information would never see the light of day. It would never happen. Like I, I promise. And it's just because it would totally change the narrative of the world. Right? And we're already doing that, and that's why a lot of of what's being discovered now is is largely being um, attacked by mainstream science. It, it, oh, that's ridiculous, and you know things like that. But you, they can't avoid it forever. You know this is why. Uh, Gobekli Tepe. I love the fact that that place is 13,000 years old and it was deliberately buried 
And that makes you go, huh? Why? What? Because it's huge. Like it really does show evidence of, of like an advanced culture or at least, you know, a growing culture. It's a large city, right? But they buried it. Maybe at one point they went, this isn't working and walked away. Maybe. Right? Like there's a lot of questions out there, but it, would, it requires us to let go of our very limited worldview. And I think it's really important to remember again that, and I say this in Discover Transcendence, we fear our worldview changing. Like for the longest time, we were like, oh, humans are the center of the universe. The, the earth is the center of the universe. And then along came Galileo and they're like, and he was saying like, no, actually, you know, I'm seeing something else. And they're like, put him in prison. And it was just because he was challenging the narrative that made everybody so certain. And he didn't get pardoned until like 300 years later, which is kind of funny because it doesn't really make a point or make a difference at that point, does it? He's dead. But it makes them feel better because, you know, we're moving with the times 300 years later. But this is it, is that we... We resist the change of our narrative. And one of the biggest narratives we have is that we are so advanced. We are the top of the food chain. We are the most, you know, the most intelligent creatures on the planet, despite the obvious, despite the evidence, you know, and that's kind of what you were saying earlier. Like you were, uh, we were talking about Ben Shapiro and his fixation on the current system and whatnot. And I find it really funny that John Adams himself, one of the founding fathers and instrumental players in the formation of, of democracy in the United States actually said, there's never been a democracy that didn't eventually commit suicide. And he said it. And yet you have people like democracy, democracy. It's like, right. Cause it's working for you right now for you specifically for you. And that's the point is that that narrow mindedness, that, that, that limited view that's based on yourself is what creates revolutions. It's what creates poverty. It's what creates those outliers who go, system doesn't represent me. It doesn't even know I'm here, right? But you can't listen to the people who are benefiting from that system and, and expect anything out of them except bias. You ever see the Hunger Games? I'm going to assume that you're nodding because I can't actually see your face at the moment. Yes, yes, Thank I you. have. Okay, awesome. Well, that's kind of the whole point, right? Like the, the capital, they were totally disconnected from anybody else in the outlying regions. Well, why? Well, because they never interacted with them. Why did they never interact with them? Because they didn't want to question their comfort. Right? That's kind of the whole reason that you end up with gated communities. Well, why? Well, you don't want to recognize the other people around the community that you also share the planet with. It might make you doubt all the hoarding that you're doing. Right? And so we remove ourselves. We separate ourselves. We make it easier for us to just tune that shit out. And I think that that's largely, largely the problem as well. Like anybody with eyes wide open can recognize that democracy currently is not working. It's not. And it's because of a lot of different reasons. It's not to say that your vote doesn't matter, but your vote doesn't fucking matter. And I, and I mean that sincerely, your vote does not matter except maybe superficially for a month or two before the lobbyists decide to change their funding and go into a different direction and start undermining the government in a different direction, undermining laws that are made, undermining backroom deals, that whole thing. Like, unless you were involved with that, knew about that, were able to vote on any of that, your vote doesn't matter. It's just, it's just meant to make you feel like you have a say. That's really all it is. And, and, I understand, and this is another one of those things where like, well, no, 
because that makes me really uncomfortable. And that's the only reason. No, because that makes me really uncomfortable. The idea that my vote doesn't matter. Because if it doesn't, what say do I have? And that's really the question, isn't it? Yeah, and, and even thinking, just recognizing that all of the types of systems we've tried to have in the past, we perceive, you know, to, thinking about America, you know, Democrats versus Republicans, right versus left. And it's all within the same fucking mentality, the same fucking mentality that's kept us in deepening into this state of suffering for so long. And so you're voting on just it doesn't even matter because it's both rooted in the same sort of idea anyway. So we have this illusion of an impact that causes us to not be able to see the impact that we can have in each and every moment because we have this idea that like every four years or every two years, we have our impact. It's like, what about the infinite number of moments in between those two years? where you can actually shift reality. Like that's an, a discussion I've gotten into with people in my life in the past about that. And I've been talking about how voting's bullshit. Like it, it gives us the illusion of control, it gives us another illusion of control that we can, we can have a say in it. It's like, you're, you're telling me that I should go vote and I'm putting out fucking videos and podcasts and all this shit all the time to thousands, tens of thousands of people all the time. And you think my measly little vote is going to have more of an impact on that than that is right. Like going out. And I think I went off on a tangent and rant about this a couple of days ago, just, but like you can go smile on the street, smile to someone who has a frown on their face on the street or, you know, hear that a friend's not, not doing so great down in the dumps and just chat with them. Give them a call. Say, hey, what's up? How you doing? You want to talk? That's going to have more impact than all of the votes you're ever going to have in your entire life. That little thing right there. Getting caught up in you know, this woe is me mentality and taking it out on everyone around you in your life. Being able to drop that story and just do something a little bit different. You've gotten in the habit of taking everything out on everyone in your life. One day you, you recognize, oh, I don't have to do that. So you don't. That has more of an impact than all of the votes that you're ever going to have in your entire life. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's just interesting how much weight we put on that and how little weight we put on every single fucking moment we have in between. And going back to what you're talking about with you know, like Galileo, recognizing that, oh, everything doesn't revolve around the earth. You know, everything revolves around the sun. That's that's interesting. And everyone resists it. So we've seen so many instances of that in the past. Like, oh, that's so funny. That's crazy. We actually thought that we actually thought you think there's a fucking grown man sitting in the sky judging everything you do. That's crazier. That's crazier because it's not like without telescopes and all the, you know, I'm not super uh knowledgeable about all the space stuff but i would say that the idea that there's a old man with a white beard sitting up in the sky judging everything you do is crazier than thinking that everything revolves around the earth right i would agree 
<laughs> so we have this, we, we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, that's so wild. Oh, that's so crazy. I can't believe what they, they put him in jail for that. That's crazy. Like your beliefs are silly. Shut the fuck up and be respectful. How dare you do that? You cannot bring up that, that topic right now that is disrespectful and you can't do it. Like, do you not see the parallels here? Do you not see that we're doing the same shit over and over? And there's going to be a point where, where people start to realize, oh, wow, there was ulterior motives to religion. The Catholic Church was actually super fucking fucked up throughout their existence. We're going to look back and be like, oh, my God. And, and most of the world still clung to it. Why? Well, you know, they're, they're just kind of afraid. Want to stay comfortable in their ideas of of what they believe the truth to be, and uh, they didn't get to kill anyone anymore, but they still got to get super pissed and anyone questioned it even just a little bit, and you know they called them disrespectful and not being nice and and tried to push this idea that you know religion helps some people, it it keeps them gets them out of their shit, like it gives the them the illusion of getting out of their shit. Really, they're just they're just deepening into the broader illusion of of being divided from reality. It's always going to come with some suffering. Some degree of suffering is going to come with that. So, yeah, it's funny how we we look back and call those people crazy as we're doing the same fucking shit over again. Oh yeah, the 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 cycle is always fun. We're going to uh, get to announcements very shortly, but I just wanted to address this comment because it's really interesting. Um, we can we can't not vote. I don't believe the vote is the end all impact, but it is a part of the overall and 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 so on. And then uh, we were we were we're not a democracy yet. We barely became one in 1965, so on and so forth. Um, as long as corporations are people and have a vote, you're not a democracy. That, that's pretty much the end all and be all of that. A democracy is for the people, by the people, not the corporations. As long as there's lobbyists, you don't have a, you don't have a democracy, right? That, that's essentially the point. As, as well, as, as long as you have a two-party system, you don't really have a democracy because your, your, your options are limited, right, to one narrative or another. And, and so that's all really important to recognize. And I would say that, yeah, you can not vote. And I would even go so far as to say that's the only way there's ever going to be a symbolic enough outcry for the government to actually change or for people to change the government. And I mean that, I really do, because if we were to all stand up and say, that's it, we want the government to change, and they would look at us and go, well, who'd you vote for? And then they go, and that's why you wanted to change, because your person lost. See what I'm saying? You're still invested in the system. They're still going to look at you and go, well, you're on one side or the other side, so that's why. That's why you don't want this system. But to recognize the system is actually broken, to recognize it's broken to the point where we don't participate in it. That's a vote in itself. Could you imagine, just play this out for me, okay? If 60%, let's just say, of the population of the United States didn't vote in one of the elections, that's a vote. That's a vote of non-confidence in the government in itself. You get those people to go and stand outside the White House Right, or outside the government building and say, we want change, we want change, we want change. And they just obviously chose not to vote for a system because it's broken. That's a hell of a point. Like that's actually something you can stand on and say, no, we've seen this so fervently that we're not participating anymore. 
until something's different. Until that point, then we're still just going along, hoping it's gonna change one day because we don't wanna let go of this idea that our vote in a broken system matters. Because the alternative is that it doesn't matter. And that's even more terrifying to a lot of us. Unless you recognize what does matter is what you do every day. Everybody you talk to, everything you do, every expression, every thought, every insight, everything you are, that's what's important. Far more important than one symbolic vote. And we have forgotten that. Because remember, the United States, all of these countries that we're talking about in terms of like going for democracy and changing the world and giving people liberty and freedom and all that shit, it wasn't done by vote, right? It was at, not at first. It was done by people believing in it, fighting for it, being willing to let go of their comfort, being willing to let go of what they know, being willing to let go of the system as it was before in order to make that happen. It wasn't their like. It wasn't people saying, well, you know, we got to keep paying taxes to King George. Well, we think about this United States thing. That would have never happened. But that's the mentality you're talking about in that we have to keep voting. Right? What do you want? What do you actually want? Do you want this to continue? Because you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have a better world and maintain the reason it's so shitty. You just can't. And so I would say that not voting is a vote. I would say being blatant about why you're not voting is even more important because that is the point. George Carlin made this point a long time ago and I agree with it wholeheartedly. People will say, well, if you don't vote, you can't complain. I would say the opposite is true. If I don't vote, I have every right to complain. You don't because you're still participating. That's really it. So that all said, we're going to make a quick announcement here because we are going to adjourn from this in about 15 minutes and continue on Patreon, patreon.com slash dualistic unity. We would love to see you there for a group discussion. We do it five days a week. It's a lot of fun. My vision's coming back. I just wanted to mention that. Um, and of course, if you join us on Patreon as a tier two or a tier three member, you can actually join us every second Tuesday in a live episode like this one in a group setting where we just go around talk, share insights, answer questions, maybe express some grievances. I always put that in there because sometimes there will be grievances. Not everybody enjoys what we have to say. Not everybody agrees with what we're saying. And we invite them to come on the show. Absolutely. Um, actually, just to mention also, we also now have a new call-in section, which happens every alternate Tuesday. So you can actually call in and talk to us. So anybody who's here in the room right now, if it were a Tuesday, every alternate Tuesday, you could just call in on a certain number and you could tell us all about your point of view and we could talk about it in real time. So I'm really excited about that. If you'd like to keep up with all the new stuff that's happening, definitely join us on Patreon. Absolutely. And we got that uh, dating workshop coming up. Excited for that. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, that is next weekend, February 4th and 5th. So uh, it's two hours each day, uh, first hours discussion slash, you know, cover all the points that we want to cover. And then second half is Q&A. Uh, so those are those workshops are always a lot of fun, especially when people come with a lot of questions and, you know, we're just able to go back and forth and, and all of that. But uh, going back to the the voting, just some last points with that, like when you get caught up in thinking like everyone has to vote, you're still very much believing in the system you think there is a right side a correct side if you're if you're pushing the idea that everyone should vote like you're pushing 
this idea that one of the sides is correct. Both of the sides are caught up in the same fucked up illusion, the same distorted perception of themselves, believing that there's something inherently separate from reality, believing they're not each other, that they're not all of it. So which side are you going to choose? The distorted side or the other distorted side? Like <laughs> When you start to see that, it doesn't make like, what do you, what do you go flip a coin and then be like, okay, I, I voted. So now I'm a, now I'm a better person. There's no good option. There's no right option. So I, I always find it funny because, you know, people who are usually pushing to vote a lot are um, those on the left because they get less of a turnout a lot of times. Like, I don't know, typically, generally speaking, left is younger, more progressive, right is older, more conservative. Um, but they're both rooted in the same illusion. So I just find it funny when people push people to vote. It's like you're still pushing the same illusion, just pushing it along. Push, push, push. Yeah, let's keep it going because because I this one fits my preferences a little bit better. Like that's all it is. And still clinging to preferences, still thinking that the, the root isn't the issue, that the other side is the issue, which keeps the illusion going, which keeps the perception of division, the idea that others are wrong and therefore you're right. Therefore, you're a hero because everyone else is a villain. That one, that one makes me chuckle because <laughs> as long as you think that your side is correct, you're, you're in the right, you're on the right side of history. Oh, good job. Like you think everyone else is, is a villain. You'll, you're taking yourself further from the recognition of unity. You're taking yourself further from empathy, taking yourself further from being able to recognize that everyone has a path to get to the place that they are. doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. You can at least see it at least build a bridge and see things with a little bit more clarity as opposed to the distorted illusion and veil that you've been seeing everything through for your entire life. Thinking that voting is going to solve it is just perpetuating the illusion, is just keeping the veil in front, being like, oh yeah, this is the right way to do it. Like lift the veil. There is no correct side to it. So not voting is the most impactful thing you can do. And then... You know, when you put so much weight on the vote every two to four years, you're discounting all the other stuff that you can do. You can do way more than go vote as opposed to going and, and pushing along a broken system when you actually do things to make more ripples in your day-to-day -day life. Every week, you have the opportunity. Even if it's just once a week, you do a little, little thing it has more impact than that little measly vote. That just pushes on, inevitably pushes on a system. It doesn't matter which side wins. System keeps chugging, keeps patching, patching up the sinking boats, keeps getting more holes in it and, and patching it up. Every every time we think that voting's the answer, it's like another little uh little duct tape under the boat. That's all it is. It's pushing along a broken, fucked up system. <laughs> And isn't that interesting? Because this kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier, that in holding on to your idea of yourself, you are resisting change that you would otherwise be. And that's the system. In holding on to this system, we are resisting the change that we would otherwise embody collectively. It really is holding on to the past in the same way as holding on to your previous idea of yourself. It really does matter. For that reason, uh, somebody who's saying the system is in existence and the system is, is here, like this is it, it's happening, it's already here. But I would say very much like your ego, it needs to be perpetuated. See, without, without us, 
the system grinds to a halt fairly quickly. That's the important part. It doesn't continue on without us. Enough of us walk away, it stops because just like your ego, enough of you lets go of it, it stops having so much sway over you and something can actually change. You can change because you're not holding on to the past. But we forget, you know, especially in North America where our system is like 200 years old or something like that. It's really like, it's kind of archaic. And I understand that's a young country in a lot of ways, but not much has really changed. There's a big different world right now. If you look at how the government's trying to react to the internet, for example, basically trying to control it, lock it down, make it so they can give it to their corporate buddies and all that other fun stuff. This is a sign of the problem because they're looking at a new technology and a new mentality through an old lens and old needs and old fears and an old world set or world mindset. And they're trying to take advantage of it that way where the internet can undermine everything that is currently corrupt about our, our system, right? Including it could revolutionize voting. And I've said this numerous times, I would love to see a combination of smaller local governments all connected with real-time voting for, any, for anyone, any citizen who wants to participate in each and every decision of government. Why couldn't we do it? Why couldn't we do it? And it would really encourage, it would encourage participation because you'd actually have a say. Instead of voting for a representative who then goes and talks to another, a, a bunch of other representatives and they craft a bill behind closed doors with a bunch of shit that doesn't really represent you or the decisions that you'd like to make or the way that you'd like your money spent or anything else, you would actually get to vote one by one on everything in that bill. Wouldn't that be amazing? So that what comes out the other end isn't what benefits the politicians. It's actually what you want your, want your system to be what we collectively agree the system should be in small pockets, not one overarching system because that doesn't work either. And it shouldn't work. That's my point about the system. I don't know how we got onto that, but it is very much the same thing. Like our ego and the government are the same thing. They're a false structure based on past knowledge that stops us from changing in the present. It's all it is. And we just don't wanna question it because it's comfortable. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, that comfort that we experience uh, to a point, you know, once we get to a certain spot, it's like, well, it's not worth questioning. And yet, you know, we even get to a point of, of quote unquote, comfort, and it's not really comfort, like there's still that underlying agitation and resistance, no matter how comfortable you try and make your life. And it's, it's a letting go like I have this kind of a funny experience just driving when I was driving to Colorado to pick up some weed. Um, it was about a three and a half hour drive each way. And I was wearing a jacket. Like I just couldn't get the jacket like against the seat to be comfortable. Like it kept rolling up in different ways. And I was trying to figure out like how to get it. And then finally I was just like, I can stop telling myself that it's uncomfortable though. I can just stop. I can stop thinking that there's something wrong with it. I can stop resisting the the rolled up part of it that I think should be different than it is. And I forgot about it. You know, it took a couple of minutes. I'm not saying it happened like, you know, snap of a finger, but it didn't. That's really what it comes down to. Like that can be scaled out into tons of different situations. It's our idea that we're what we're going through 
is wrong. And that can, you know, obviously there, there are people who are going through actually shitty situations, but in thinking and, or, you know, on the other end, people who you would perceive that they weren't, but to them, it's a shitty situation because it's all relative to your experience. And it, a lot of times it comes down to a letting go of that resistance because the, the tension and, and resistance to it keeps it there. It's, it's that idea that it should be different, keeps us, keeps us tense. And we're always, you know, we're always manifesting our, our state of reality, our state of existence. So as long as we're in that state of this should be different than it is, we're not going to see options of, of how to change it. It's like the, the, as the resistance settles in and we cling to it, like the wall goes up and letting go of the the resistance that we see other options like how often do you using a jacket example again when you're in a rush and you really want to get your jacket on and get out the door and you're just like fucking with your zipper and you're like god damn it it's never taken me this long to like zip it up and you keep trying it keeps getting stuck then you're just like you know take a deep breath kind of relax and then you just take take another split second to like put the zipper in and zip it up it's like that's it. But we, we so often think like we need that control. We need to actively do this. I need to have this impact. Like if we just, you know, take a deep breath and look around sometimes, let go of our idea of what it should be relative to what it is. And we see all of a sudden the, the clouds clear out. We see things a little bit more clearly, even if it's just a little bit, It'll allow us to change and shift. And, and see new options and those new options picking one of those that we haven't picked before fucking changes everything literally changes everything about our experience and it's an option in each moment when we let go of the idea that you know things should be going according to our preferences and our wants and our needs and our desires because how limited are those incredibly <laughs> but it's what drives our, our current system. It really is, you know, and, and somebody again was talking about the system in, in terms of ignoring the fact that you're part of a society or, or it actually separates you into droplets. I, I would, I would disagree. And it's not that ignoring it so much as recognizing it's not, it's not the fact Like we, we play by that system. Like we have the tendency of thinking of ourselves as Canadians or Americans or, or wherever you're from, but that's not the fact. That's not the reality. That's just another part of the game that we play. So to play that game and understand that it's not the truth is one thing, but to continue on because, you know, it's reality right now, unfortunately just perpetuates. It really does. It makes it difficult for us to ever want to let it go because we're used to it. Right. And I think that's really the whole point. Like I accept the system as it is around me. I just don't believe in it. There's nothing about my life in any way, shape or form that thinks this is good for us. And so I don't act or, or I act accordingly. Basically, like I don't believe in voting. I don't I don't listen to politicians when they're making bullshit promises, things like that. I just don't. I continue on focusing on what's in my reality, which is here and now, which is the people in front of me, it's not politicians. Right. I don't work or live in a government building. Right. So the government is actually just one of those outside structures that may be influencing your external reality, but it is not external reality. People really are still external reality. People facilitating the government creates the government, but it's people more than anything else. It's people. 
without us, none of that continues on. So if we're going to change anything, it's not the system. It's the people, which means changing ourselves. And that means changing our priorities. And that really comes down to being aware of what we continue to condone and perpetuate just because it's convenient, because it gives us a sense of control, because we still have some idea that it's going to work based on how we were raised or what we've been told or what everybody around us disagrees, or just the discomfort of standing out on your own, contrary to the, to the mob. There's so many reasons that we just want to continue participating. We justify it. We make excuses. We even tell ourselves it's rational. But the fact is... Every addict does that. And it really is important to recognize that. It's an addiction. It's a familiar addiction. That's all it is. And it's because we don't see what the other options are. And addicts don't until they finally get tired of the suffering that their addiction creates. And that's what's changing. We're getting tired of the suffering more and more and more of us. It's going to take a while. Certainly, there's still pockets of us that are you know, diehard about this. And there's a lot of us sitting on the fence because we're not quite sure what else we could do. But that's where this discussion comes in. That's where this dialogue comes in. That's where the growth that you are going through as a person individually comes in, because that will inevitably lead you to a different worldview. It will inevitably lead you to a different way of dealing with everyone around you. And that's how everything changes. But you have to decide where you are. You have to decide what your priorities are and be aware of why you've made that decision. Because often it's just habit. Often it really is conditioning and it's important to recognize it. Yeah. And, and the last point I'll make on this is that there's a very distinct difference between thinking that you're part of the system and recognizing that you are the system. Because thinking that you're part, saying that it's important to recognize that we're a part of this system. No, you are it. There isn't division. You're not a piece of it looking on from, from the outside, you know, kind of on the edge of like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of this system, recognizing that you're it. There isn't division between it because when you think that you're just a part of it, you see your impact is very limited. You see it limited to, you know, the, the points that the other parts allow you to have impact, like a vote or something. When you recognize that you are it, Every single fucking moment that you experience is an opportunity to impact it. Everyone you interact with is an opportunity to impact said system. Everything you do, when you recognize that you're it, you don't have to go outside of yourself to change it. When you recognize that when you think you're just a part of it, you think you have to change, quote unquote, other parts of the system, which doesn't actually happen like how often do you go out to you know get in an argument with someone try and change them like they just get more angry at you and, and deeper into their position whereas as you change yourself as you embody you know the shifts that that you would like to see in the system letting go of, of the clinging to so much control and certainty as you do that in your life the system embodies less control and certainty relaxes into the flow as you relax into the flow the system relaxes into the flow. So that's all you ever have to do because you are the system. You're not a part of the system. And there is a very important recognition between the difference between those two. And it changes everything because there isn't a division between you and the system. You are all of it all the time. Yeah. And I have nothing to add to that. That was a perfect way to wrap up this very interesting episode. I'm looking forward to actually listening to this episode again at some point because 
we kind of went all over the map, but I, I think we covered some really good ground in this episode of Raw. Maybe because it wasn't scheduled. We're just like on the fly. And, and normally the insights we'd be having on our day off are here in this conversation, perhaps. I don't know. It was a lot of fun. I just want to say thank you to everybody who could join us in the comment section, leaving your comments, asking your questions, sharing your point of view. It's all helpful. It all informs the conversation and continues to create the change that is dualistic unity you continue to be the change that is dualistic unity. And so we're so grateful to have you here. If you can, join us on Patreon. If not, we will see you next week. Do join us for our free group chat that happens every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. You can register at dualisticunity.com and we will talk to you there. All right. Thank you to Ray for powering through this and looking forward to our Patreon chat in a couple minutes. Bye, everyone.